0: Welcome to the Fellowship. I am your host, Adam Hawk, sitting across from me as he does every week. My co-host, Ryan Engel, on today's show, the West Coast Swing is over. Tiger Woods goes from Sunday Red to Friday WD. Jordan Spieth gets DQ'd. We went to Riviera Country Club, and the Waste Management is promising to manage their waste. Wow. As the old saying goes, nothing to it but to do it, so let's do it. Starting with a handful of public service announcements. Really? First off, to anyone who still has their Christmas decorations up, and I've seen a number of houses who just haven't taken their lights down yet, please report immediately to the electric chair. (laughs) If you like lights so much, how about you go ride the lightning, huh? Because this is ridiculous. I'm a guy who has all of my decor down by six in the morning, December 26th. Is there anyone with more bah humbug than you?
1: No. There isn't. You are the fake Christmas tree of Christmas spirit.
0: Now, look, even though I get my stuff down early, I will look the other way for people that keep it up until New Year's. But folks, it's February 19th. We have had four federal holidays since Christmas. Get out the ladder Get your bulbs down.
1: Hey, I got to admit that I was definitely behind the eight ball this year. My lights on the house were up until February 1st, but that was because we were busy every weekend. We were traveling. We we're doing stuff. I literally didn't have the time to do it, but this is the point, Adam. I did not turn them on. They were up, but I wasn't the guy that was still leaving the timer going and 6 p.m., here they are. That's when you know you're a psychopath.
0: Final PSA, memo to dead Steve Jobs and the people at Apple. Every single day, my phone tells me that my iCloud storage is full. And every day, I ignore it. And guess what happens? I know this is going to sound crazy, but the world just keeps right on spinning. (laughs) Yeah. It's really strange. It's almost like not taking action on my iCloud storage being full has no bearing or impact whatsoever on anyone or anything. So I'm just going to keep ignoring that message like I have been the last 10 years, and here's to the next 10, Apple.
1: Cheers to that, and I don't know if it's coming through the airwaves to all you people, but we got some u band brewing in the background, and it's almost time for a
0: break. I can't wait. (laughs) It's percolating.
1: It is. It's making those
0: noises. Before we get to the coffee, let's quickly go to the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club, an event that I love. Formerly
1: known as the LA Open. You can call
0: this event and the Riviera Country Club a lot of great things, but perhaps the biggest compliment is the one I will pay it right now. The Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club is the perfect palette. Cleanser. It's the antidote, it's the cure, because after pro golf breaks out in a rash of hives, shits itself uncontrollably, and clings to life on its deathbed from a wicked case of the Waste Management Open, (laughs) the genesis comes along and saves the day, and thank God for that, because golf never needed more saving than it did after this past week in Arizona. Arizona.
1: There you have it, folks.
0: And even the people who run the show in Arizona know that it needs fixing and we're going to get to that soon but it must be said the genesis at riviera was not a perfect week not even close we're going to get to it but i just noticed the coffee is done
1: oh cue the break music folks it's time to fill up this cup
0: And we're back. We're poured up. Bailey's Kahlua. U-Ban Coffee.
1: It's a holiday, folks. Tiger Woods. The guy
0: shows up to the usual fanfare, the usual hype, the usual expectations, which are lofty and unrealistic. And he does what he usually does. He doesn't finish. And don't shoot the messenger, but this is a trend now. Tiger made two starts last year, his most recent at the 2023 Masters, where he withdrew. In 2022, he played three times. He was 13 over at the Masters, WD'd at the PGA Championship, and was cut at the British Open. This year, he shows up at RIV, fires a 72 on Thursday, Blames a dead, cold, hosel rocket shank on back spasms. Wakes up the next day. Makes it through six holes before taking a golf cart ride back to the clubhouse en route to another WD. This is going to hurt me to say it because it's both incredibly sad and incredibly true. Michael freaking Block has had a better last two years than Tiger Woods. Wow. And I just threw up in my mouth.
1: Tiger Woods didn't shit the bed. He shit the riv. Probably shit his pants, too,
0: according to reports. That's what I'm hearing.
1: That's what I'm hearing. And, folks, don't be like, oh, he's surgeries and car accidents. It's a miracle he's out there. Correct. But this didn't just start here. Are you guys blind? Do you not remember years back at the players when he was in last place and all of a sudden his neck hurt and he fucking flew home? You remember that other time when he was in last place and his glutes weren't firing and he flew home? He has a case of the mist-cut fluenza. This is his M.O. This guy is the single greatest front runner in the history of sports. He is not a grit, come-from-behind guy. Never has been, never will be. Did he work his ass off? Has he always been a hard worker, trainer, practicer? Ranger Bob is what he used to call himself. All that stuff. Yes, that's all great. But when it comes down to it, despite his one win on one leg against The real scary Rocco Mediate, he's never come from behind. He's a front runner. He wins tournaments on Saturdays, and then he plays solid golf on Sundays, and no one can catch him. And when he's not doing that, he's got a poopy diaper, and he just doesn't want to do anything else but leave. And he's always been that guy. And that is not being a hater. That is the fucking truth.
0: If it feels like you've seen this movie before... It's because you have. Tiger Woods has failed to finish four of his last six events, and those six events have been spread out across three seasons. So we rarely see this guy, and when we do, you can set your Tag Hewler Malbon collab wristwatch to him leaving early. <laughs> this time, it was the flu, and as my old boss Jim Rome would say right here, allegedly. Ooh, you know, he's right. Reports are that Tiger wasn't feeling well Thursday night, still showed up Friday morning to gut it out, took multiple bathroom breaks on the course, either to avoid pooping himself or to yak it out, neither of which are ideal in Porta johns He was very quiet in his playing group with his good friends, Justin Thomas and Gary Woodland, and he just couldn't continue after six holes and had to get off of the golf course. After he left the course, he received an IV bag in the clubhouse and paramedics from an ambulance were going in and out of taking care of him for a few hours before he ultimately left on his own. The whole thing is weird. And just like a Tiger Woods car crash, we're all going to be left with more questions than answers because Tiger Woods does not give clear answers, and the media never presses him on anything. So this most recent WD will likely just fade away like that police report that was never filed a couple of years ago when he rolled his rig down the hill not too far from Riviera. I will say this. Tiger Woods at Riviera is a peculiar marriage. Yes, he made his professional debut at that yard, and yes, it's somewhat of a homecoming event for him, but he's terrible there. He's never won, despite it being the place that he has played the most, and he's becoming more known for his bizarre exits than his good play. Ricky Gervais, continually getting asked to do the Golden Globes, can't believe Tiger keeps hosting the Genesis. I'm Ricky Gervais. Thank you. You'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards. I don't care anymore. I'm joking. I never did.
1: That's my biggest problem with all of it. You're the host. Even if you do have the Hershey squirts... Go lay down, take your IV, get in your trailer, whatever VIP treatment you got there. There's a whole fucking clubhouse there. He's probably got his own wing in the goddamn thing. He's the tournament host. Wipe your ass, take a nap, and come out, hold the trophy up for the kid. You're the fucking host. The fact that this guy just goes, oh, fuck, I got the Hershey squirts, and I'm going to get on a plane and go back to Jupiter and play video games in my ankle socks. It's a joke, dude. Guy's got a man up. If you believe everything that Tiger and his
0: team are saying, the dude got the flu... Tried to gut it out, couldn't, and bailed the scene. If you don't believe it or still have questions, your questions might include Was this a normal flu or the kind of flu you get when your liver is processing 15 different types of medications, including opioids? Why did an ambulance show up? Because the next ambulance that shows up for a flu will be the first. Was he sick or was he injured? Was he sick or just 11 shots off the lead? Did he show up to play or did he show up because he was contractually obligated to showcase his all-new Sunday Red clothing line? If he started feeling better after the IV, how come he didn't come back to present Hideki Matsuyama with the trophy? Is his one tournament a month schedule still intact? Will we see him at the Masters? These are all questions I would love to have answered, but this is Tiger Woods and the media, and that relationship has never yielded any kind of truth. So not only do I expect the questions to go unanswered, I don't even expect
1: them to be asked. No, the real question we should be asking, all you Tiger fanboys, and I was once one of them too, when do you fanboys start to throw in that towel on this guy? The -the off-the-course stuff matters. And off the course, this guy just ain't it, dude. And every now and then, because he is that guy, it shows up in his work. And this weekend was just another example of his character flaws showing up to work. This blatant just free pass you give him at every turn. This unrealistic hype you throw around him for every comeback. When are we going to be realistic and start appreciating him for what he actually is and then calling out the bullshit at the same time
0: you ask when will the fanboys throw in the towel on tiger woods and if we're looking at this objectively and i am you could call me a tiger woods fanboy tiger woods has thrown in the towel on his fans to leave your tournament early because you're a little under the weather is kind of a shady move You can say he was sick and he couldn't go on, maybe, okay, fine. The guy doesn't really get the benefit of the doubt anymore because when things get going bad for him, he gets the hell out of there. And like he does at every single tournament he's ever shown up at, whether he's 26 or 46, he always says the same thing, I'm here to win. And he said that before this week as well. So he says that, and do you not think that that moves ticket sales, moves ratings, moves interest in the event, moves social media. So earlier in the week, I had told my kids who have grown up watching me watch Tiger Woods, hey, we're going to go on Saturday, and there's a very good chance you're going to see Tiger Woods, who they know by name, who they have seen on television. I am probably one of 50,000 people in the Southern California area having that conversation with their kids, and this dude bails the scene. Yep, Bails the scene and doesn't come back. And if I'm Tiger Woods and I'm the tournament host and I know everyone is out there to see me, is it that far-fetched to think that, okay, you quit on Friday, but once you start feeling better, maybe Saturday, Sunday, roll around in a golf cart, avail yourself at the practice green or the driving range, be
1: seen. At least let it be known that you didn't fly home. Put a statement out. I'm here. I'm hoping I feel better. I hope I can be there. Good luck to all the guys this weekend. I'm going to be rooting you on. That's all you got to do. That's what a normal fucking person would do. But this is the problem, you guys. This is the recurring behavior from this guy.
0: I don't know when we're going to see him again. I just know that it's time for everyone to have learned their lesson and to not give his return to whatever tournament he shows up to next the fanfare that it has gotten this past half decade. Yep. Sooner or later, we all have to learn our lesson, and I have started to learn mine, and I'm one of the biggest Tiger Woods fanboys of all time. Moving on, Tiger Woods wasn't the only one who left the Genesis before the cut. Jordan Spieth, arguably the most popular player on tour not named Tiger Woods, was shown the door when he signed an incorrect scorecard after his round on Friday. Apparently, Spieth made a bogey four on the par three fourth hole and wrote down and signed for a 3 According to USGA Rule 3.3b, this is grounds for disqualification, and Jordan Spieth was subsequently DQ'd, which means the Genesis Invitational, an elevated event in media market number two, just lost the 13th best player in the world, who was well inside of the cut line right before the weekend. The most popular golfer amongst golf's youngest fans wasn't going to be there when the kids were off school and heading to see their guy on Saturday and Sunday. And in the words of Helen Lovejoy, won't somebody please think of the children?
1: Oh, won't somebody please think of the children?
0: (laughs) Now, there's a heated debate. On one hand, we have a rule, a rule that's been around for a long time, a rule that actually serves a purpose, a rule that everyone has to follow, and it was broken. And rules, especially in golf, apply to everyone. From Jordan Spieth to that hack, Peter Molinati. it's actually what makes this game great. On the other hand, you have all-time greats being DQ'd for clerical errors. You have athletes doing math after they leave the field to play with a guillotine hanging above their head. No one is asking LeBron James to write down his box score after the game and giving the Larry O'Brien trophy to the other team if he forgets to carry the zero. So, naturally... The golf world is on fire right now taking sides. I'm going to give you both sides, then I'm going to get out of the way for Ryan Engel to do what he does best and tell you where you should actually come out on this. What's really important to remember here is that Jordan Spieth and every other pro that has weighed in since is in favor of the rule and understands the rule. Where you get some dissension is if the actual penalty should be a DQ or if it should just be a two-stroke penalty like in the case of every other retroactive golf punishment. You should also know that the PGA Tour doesn't make the rules. The USGA and the RNA do. So if you're mad at someone, be mad at them. The tour is the tour. They aren't a governing body. Just like your local muni, the tour plays under USGA rules and local modifications where they apply. So you're exposing yourself if you're mad at the tour and not the governing bodies. Also, the entire spirit of the rule is assigning the responsibility of the score to the player whose score it is. Meaning, yes, we have shot link and cameras and TV graphics and websites tracking all this. But the final official score is the responsibility of the player. And that's why the player scorecard is the end all be all. Instead of putting that critically important piece of paper in the hands of once a year volunteers, the USGA is putting it in the hands of the players. What they are saying is this TV shot link. The standard bearer they all have your score like this but we only care what you say you're the player this is your score scorekeeping is part of the game what is your score and that is why the rule exists
1: your take
0: on jordan spieth being dq'd for signing an incorrect scorecard
1: fair or foul this is the world we live in now adam where someone is wrong blunders makes a mistake and instead of paying for that mistake we point the finger at the rules And the organization, the kid fucked up, and he knows he fucked up. Look, guys, I know that we see this on TV now, and CBS keeps score for those guys. That is not the official score. Whether it's a a men's club event at your local track or the PGA Tour, the TV is only on those guys it's on. There's a whole field out there that has to be playing by the rules and the score is the most important rule. We're giving the trophy away to the guy who has the least amount of strokes. So we got to make sure we get that right, right? Just like anything, when you're at your local track or a PGA Tour track, you're given a card, you exchange cards with your playing partners, you keep each other's scores, you put them up against each other, make sure you get it right, talk about things. If there's an asterisk on here, what do you have here? What was the ruling? Yada, yada. You go over it and you sign it, and that's the official scorecard. This guy is a pro. I would say now he's a seasoned vet. I think that's fair to say. He knows better. He exchanged cards with his other pros. They wrote down scores all day. They had an official scorekeeper to put their card against, just like every group has. Then all three of these guys go into a tent. They sit down. They look at the scores again, compare everything, and then sign it. How the fuck are you going to blame the rules official or the the scoring tent on this problem. He fucked up. And once he hands it over and it's signed, what are they supposed to do? Uh, oh, hey, uh. Every now and then, folks, people make mistakes. And you know what? In the real world, when there's money on the line and it's your profession, you pay for those mistakes. Excuses don't work in business. They don't work in the real world. They work in high school. But in the real world, you pay for your mistakes and you learn from them. You got it wrong, dude. You cannot put the wrong score on the official card. That has to get entered in the system. What you're seeing on the screen, the scoreboard on the screen on CBS, that is not the official score. It's just another polarizing, magnifying glass on the mentality of this generation that when something goes wrong, it's not fair. They need to change it. Oh, why don't you just fluff it a little bit? What? This is a competition. This is tournament golf for money, points, livelihood. It matters. You have to go buy the fucking book. And the score is the most important part of the whole damn thing. If you are that dumb to get your score wrong after having three people checking it over and over again, sitting down, you deserve to be disqualified.
0: I also want to say that this rule exists as a way to avoid bifurcation of the game. Golf is rightfully obsessed with making the game the exact same for the pros as it is for the amateurs. And if you've ever played a single round of golf, you know that you don't have shot link out there. You know that you're keeping your own score. And golf wants everything to be the same for the pros. And it is. So they're not changing that. And finally, keep in mind that there are, as Engel mentioned, many checks and balances inside a scoring tent. Players reference their cards with other players, other caddies, and the volunteers before inputting them. It's why this mistake happens so infrequently. However, Jordan Spieth had just made a double bogey on 18 right before he went into the tent, and he was likely running really hot. And he probably just signed his card without looking or checking And he just got the hell out of there. But I can guarantee you this. It's not going to happen again. Jordan Spieth will never sign for an incorrect card ever again. I hope not. Whether he makes birdie on 18 or double on 18, he is coming off of there and he is double and triple checking. Because he has to now. He understands the ramifications of that rule.
1: So do I think Jordan was trying to cheat? Hell no. No, I don't think he was trying to cheat at all, but you got to protect the field, and that's how you keep from someone trying to cheat, cheating.
0: Right. Now, do I think it was the very definition of an honest mistake? Yes. I do. Do I think that the rules should change? No. I don't think the rules should change, but, and this is where we might disagree, I do think that the penalty should be downgraded from a DQ to a two-stroke penalty. No one goes to baseball games to see the umpires and no one follows golf to see the rules DQ the players. There's obviously a middle ground here that keeps
1: the rule intact and keeps the players on the golf course. That just brings in a gray area, though, because now when the one guy who's doing it was trying to cheat, now he gets a slap on the wrist. Look, it's unfortunate that this happened to him. There's no better way to learn from your mistakes than to be really slapped on the wrist. And like you said, he ain't going to make this mistake again. But if you lighten the load on that whole program there, you're just giving Slick Willie a chance to fucking sneak in and get a two-stroke slap and stay out there to make another couple hundred thousand dollars. That's bullshit. No matter how poopy your diaper is, you got to sit down and go over it and sign it. That's when it's in the books. And you do that wrong, you're out, dude. So
0: Jordan Spieth wasn't there on Saturday. But you, me, our good pal, Craig Dunlap, my wife, my two kids, we were there. Our second year in a row going together, my eighth consecutive year of attending, but who's counting? Different this year because we weren't following around a player. We weren't walking 18 and living and dying on every shot like we typically do when we go to tournaments and we follow, oh, I don't know, Pat and Kazire and Joe Etter back when they were a tandem so we were just moseying around and we bumped into a lot of people, quite a few fans of the brand and the podcast, which was great. And someone even mistakenly referred to me as Ethan Hawk instead of Adam Hawk. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, I cracked myself up on that one. Even with free tickets, the Genesis is such an expensive event and such a hike. That drive to Santa Monica, no joke. Neither is the shuttle from the garage to the course and by the time you're driving back you're down a couple hundred bucks you didn't see much golf and i don't know about you this year more than ever i was so
1: beat it's definitely cool to see anything in person it's a rad in my opinion historic track it's a fun walk it's an easy walk i like it i like seeing the few shots you do see sometimes when you're out in a public atmosphere like that there's an energy it's just cool to walk around and if you're being honest doesn't matter what event you're not seeing much golf it's a cool experience but, man, do you miss a lot. The few things you do see, it's it's neat. It's cool. Get up and close with them when they pull it into the rough by the ropes. Seeing the reaction of fans when putts go in or hearing amazing shots in the background. You hear the roars. Like, all oh, that stuff's cool. But much more fun watching it, the comfort of home, on the television on Sunday. You got to see it all. I think I'd go back, but I think I'm going to probably transfer some money from savings the next time I do because two double bloody Mary's at the Tito's tent was 74 dollars a lot of money 74 bucks for two cocktails and a plastic cup I do
0: want to shout out Craig Dunlap who attended his first PGA tour event I leaned into him at one point and said of all the tournaments you'll go to this will probably be the highest class most mellow easiest to be at and he goes of all the golf tournaments I huck this is the one and only i'm going to yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) what what do you think i'm like writing my schedule out for next year's west coast swing yeah this is it yeah craig wore the bright yellow capistrano carts jacket Mm -hmm. he was incredibly easy to find all day long which is great it was like having this moving north star also a cowboy hat the cameras found him The official tournament Instagram account put out a wonderful picture of the three of us where Craig Dunlap in a sea of people is so obviously the focal point. Yeah. And he looks like no one you have ever seen attend a golf tournament. Yeah, it was great. And he picked up the tab at dinner. We ran it back at Barney's Beanery down on Third Street Promenade in San Diego. You love the beanery. Who doesn't? And we had a good time there. Craig pulled one of the classic and classy moves of sliding a plastic card to a waiter with no one noticing. So when the meal was over, it was already taken care of. It was
1: a very, very nice gesture. That gesture was 110% A. Sorry for what I've said in the past, Mina. Was it? Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Now, this is going to get real awkward real quick, and I might just edit out this entire part, okay? Because I don't want to speak for anyone here. But you won the award Saturday for the world's worst toast I have ever (laughs) heard in my life. It was like you were hell-bent on making things as awkward as possible as quickly as possible. And you love to hear it. Could you not have done that at the end of dinner? Or not
1: done it at all? Do you remember what you said? Uh, Something along the lines that it's really heartwarming to get two people together who despise each other to break some bread and just squash it or something like that
0: well i don't think craig despises my wife no and that's not what you said you said glad to have mina here who hates craig which what were you thinking
1: (laughs) why why did you do that it was funny did your wife not laugh
0: i think she she kind of relishes in awkward situations and confrontation which is the exact opposite of me i don't know that she laughed but she certainly wasn't as
1: uncomfortable as i was And the word hate is inaccurate. Very inaccurate. That's why it was funny. Like, she doesn't hate him. It was funny, Adam. It's like when I say sex jokes in front of your dad. Like, you cringe, but everyone else thinks it's funny. Don't let your filter of your family fuck everything else for us. It was funny. I stand by it. It was funny. (laughs) Yep. I've thought about it. I've decided. Fucking hilarious.
0: Well, thank you to Craig for dinner. Yeah. My wife does not hate Craig. She hates him. Look. She does not. Don't put words in her mouth. Well, I, you know the Black Friday show was she hates him. A, a tough representation <laughs> of the actual nice person that Craig is. Okay,
1: yeah. Craig knows that he's an acquired taste. Most wives don't like him, <laughs> and and you know what? He's okay with that. That's not his job. His job isn't to make wives like him. That's just the way the world goes. Look, I know the Dunlabs. And everything's fine. So Mina will come around, and I'll tell you what, getting a free meal. That's the first stone. Just laid the foundation, boys. She's going to be a big Craig Dunlap guy in a couple years.
0: (laughs) She's not a guy. You know what I meant. But there is a path for a friendship. There's a path. Don't think it's paved on the types of toasts you gave at dinner.
1: Sometimes you need an icebreaker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We were doing just fine. Were we, though?
1: Yes. Uh, By avoiding it. (laughs) Avoiding the elephant in the room. Okay. We move on.
0: (laughs) All right. The West Coast swing is in the books, and it was a weird one. We didn't go to the Bob Hope Classic, but we played a practice round with Patton Kazire. He missed the cut, and then an amateur won. That's weird. The Farmer's Insurance Open was more like the Farmer's Insurance Funeral. No one was there. The guy who won has a hand tattoo talking about saliva. Also weird. The Bing Crosby was rained out and cut down to 54 holes very weird. The waste management did something it didn't know it could do and wore out its welcome in the public eye, even the lowest rent public. That was weird to most people, not to us, but to most people. And Riv featured Tiger Woods bowing out early and Jordan getting DQ'd before an all time pillow fight on Sunday was some of the most boring final round golf I have ever seen in quite some time, except for Hideki. Here's to the 2025 West Coast swing bouncing back. you love to hear it. Back to the waste management open, but just for a little bit. We aren't going to beat a dead horse, but rather update the situation. On last week's episode, we pretty much took a bat to the event. And after we beat it to within an inch of its life, we rolled it up in a carpet and threw it off a tall bridge into deep water. (laughs) The main crux of our argument is that even the biggest defenders of the event have to admit that it went too far. Even the biggest fans of the Waste Management have to own what it really is and what it's become. Now, whether they do or don't doesn't really matter because the shot callers are on our side. According to the Arizona Republic, the newspaper of record out there, sweeping changes are headed towards the WMPO. Tournament organizers are already in meetings, disgusted with what happened, and hell-bent on making adjustments. Now, it's way too early for them to know what they're going to do, let alone publicize it, but the fact that they are openly telling a newspaper that they are working on it is all you need to know. Mm. This event, which set records in arrests and ejections, has players like Nick Taylor, who won the tournament, calling for change, and Zach Johnson saying he might not play in it anymore. So it reached a breaking point,
1: and it broke. If you're Zach Johnson, at where he's at in his career, and given the, what would you call it, situation, altercation, some type of interaction with fans, if that happens, he ain't coming back. Now he's a target. And whether you agree with him or the other guy or whatever, it doesn't matter what side you are. If you're Zach Johnson, you're not going back. Mm -hmm. You can't. You're going to be hung out to dry. Now it's one
0: thing for us to call this whole thing out. It's entirely another for the Thunderbirds who run the show to say that they are already meeting about how to fix it. Tournament director Chance Cosby said, quote, nothing is off the table in regards to potential changes. Mm. You will see a complete operational change of how we manage our entire week, especially Friday and Saturday. We're proud of what we built, but we don't like what happened on Saturday. The players don't like what happened. Our fans don't like what happened. So nothing is off the table. This will be our turning point. End quote. First off, good, great, love it. This is the head honcho owning it and promising change. And I'm all about that because I like TPC Scottsdale and I like the tournament. I'll never go, but it doesn't mean I don't like watching it on television. So good, change it, take it back, dial it down, tighten it up. Second off, and much more important, we told you so. <laughs> we told you so. Two guys flapping their gums, blowing hot air, yelling at the clouds. Nope. We were spot on. The analysis was great. And we were totally vindicated by the person at the top saying that they are already meeting about a total overhaul. I'm honestly excited to see what that looks like. And if we're going to shout for change, we have to be the guys who support it the most, no?
1: Yeah, but what can they do? What will they do? And and like I said before in the last pod, the culture of this tournament is woven into the fabric of its entire existence you can throw any kind of rules or price changes anything at it it's not going to change overnight it can't you're going to have a slew of arizona Arizona. college kids showing up to be seen get filmed I'm not saying everyone there is doing that. I'm not saying that. But that is the culture of this, of this tournament. It's the wasted management. I mean, you got merch tents where every brand on earth just polarizes that whole tagline. That's what this tournament has become. That's what it is. And you're not going to change it overnight. These kids are still going to show up until you really, really force them out. And I don't know how you can. Even if they get some more control of it. It's the demographic... And geographically speaking, it's the landscape of the area. If there's a big event in town, those guys are all going to it, whether you like it or not. You might be able to reel them in a little bit, but those guys are there. That's what that place is.
0: The event needs a cultural overhaul. But how? It's not about the number of people they let in, which is a problem, but more about the culture at the event. You need people who are going to shout down the idiots who are talking in people's backswing. You need grown men who don't film passed out drunk guys, but rather find some help for that person and then get that person out of that event. Nothing is going to change if we keep glorifying bad behavior. The Thunderbirds aren't the ones glorifying it. It's the meme accounts and the people with phones who want to bag a clip and get some engagement and keep the reputation burning at an all-time low instead of self policing I saw a great comment the other day and I echo these sentiments so hard bring back shame yeah bring it back bring back shame bring back feeling embarrassed bring back next day anxiety for making an ass out of yourself and going way too far bring back growing up i'm talking about real hard walking naked through the streets of game of thrones shame Mm. could you imagine if people still felt shame what a great governor of life shame bring it back Yeah, I agree. We are running a President's Day sale, 25% off everything. Go to the website before midnight tonight if you're listening on Monday. (laughs) It is February 19th. I'll timestamp it. Go to the website, nationgolf.com. 25% off everything. Use code PREZ, P-R-E-Z, code PREZ, P-R-E-Z. Wow, Hawk using a code with some urban spelling. It's not about me and wanting to spell it that way. I just want to make it easy on the customers. I want to get Uh, those sales. Mr.
1: Grammar Police over here.
0: Take advantage before the sale expires tonight, Monday, February 19th at midnight. I just picked a coffee ground
1: out of my teeth. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. I'm feeling a little loopy right now. I am too, and you love to feel it. Wow. You really do. It must be a holiday if we're drunk by 9 a.m. Hey, we're the guys.
0: We're those guys. And with that, we will catch you next week.
1: Arizona! <laughs>